0: Today's sermon text comes from Genesis, chapter 2, verse 9, and then 15 through 17. Here now the inspired words of God. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. My mouth's already watering. I don't know about yours. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and to watch over it. But the Lord Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I uh, was sitting... Back in the day, uh, we're about a, just basically a table filled with church planters in the Kentucky Conference. And we were all meeting and we were all talking about our ministry action plans and our dreams and what we want to do with these church plants and how we're going to be able to enjoy those church plants. And uh, one of the Hispanic church planters turned to me and he said, I can't believe you're using that computer. Look at that logo. He's like, that is the forbidden fruit, and there's even a bite taken out of it. How dare you use that computer? And, of course, I giggled, and I laughed, and then I looked at him, and he was actually a little bit serious. <laughs> and uh, I tried to explain to him, man, you know, it doesn't say what kind of fruit it was in the Bible, so please don't think it's an apple. And, know, and yeah, there's a bite taken out of it, but I think you're reading too much into it. I think maybe just the company wants to be really healthy and... Um, and then I looked over at his laptop and saw this logo. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing, man? You're wearing, you have an Alienware computer, and you're telling me about my Mac, Apple computer? Like, come on, are you serious about this? Uh, and, but then I actually did a little bit of research on Apple's logo, and the original Apple logo looked like this. And uh, as you can see, that, hopefully, if you, if you uh, have been a little bit red, that's Newton. That's actually Newton sitting underneath the apple tree. And the theory goes that Newton had an apple fall on his head, although it's never, I did even a little bit more deeper research, it never fell on his head. But anyway, uh, that he actually came up with a theory of gravity because he watched apples fall from the tree. They didn't fall up, they didn't fall sideways, they always fell down, right? And so here is the original Apple logo, and they were wanting to be able to say, we want you to use our products to where you can have epiphanies. You can have great ideas, and you can be able to use our computers to be able to do that. Uh, yes, you could be able to say that the bite taken out of it was from Genesis. That's fine. and But uh, if it's the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then, then you could also see someone who might not be a Christian say, ooh, it's, you know, it's the tree of knowledge. Like, we would want them to know and grow with the use of these computers. So um, I don't believe that, that that's part of it, but anyway. But I, just, I thought it was kind of cool to be able to see the original Apple logo, and of course it changed into the logo that we all are familiar with on the back of our phones and our computers and things like that. But it's really interesting to me, though, because we always, uh, in, in, the, in most Christian circles, I can say most that we put so much emphasis on eating this forbidden fruit, don't we? It's just, it's just the first thing that everyone goes to. Even if you're not a Christian and you hear all oh, creation, you're probably going to think about Adam and Eve. And, and it always goes straight to eating that forbidden fruit. And the theologians call it the original sin. Have you ever heard of the term original sin? Yeah? Uh, if you get around a, a lot of theologians, uh, then you're going to hear that all over the place, I mean, all of the time. Just original sin, original sin, original sin. But our Bible doesn't start with taking a bite of the forbidden fruit, does it? Our Bible starts with this amazing blessing. This amazing, blessed, created garden. This amazing, blessed, created life of Adam and Eve. This amazing, blessed relationship between Adam and Eve. And even a relationship perfect and right with God. I really have a feeling that we should be putting our focus on original blessing, not original sin. If you just spent half of your life thinking about original blessing, then the original sin could just take a little bit lower notch down. <laughs> now, in that, in, that, uh, in that reading, in that glorious garden, we have uh, a picture of, of what? We have two trees, right? We have... The knowledge of good and evil tree. And we have another tree there too, right? Does anyone remember what that is? Yeah, tree of life, right? And it seems like it's in the background a little bit, right? Because, again, what do we focus on? We always focus on the forbidden fruit, that one tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's the one we want to focus on. And so we have this tree of life, and the tree of life gives you eternal life when you eat of that fruit. But the knowledge of good and evil, it gives you... Uh, the knowledge of, of good and evil, and and that was probably just a little bit uh, a little bit too much because it's it's always interesting to me because God says, "Hey, you have everything you need. Just don't one just one one single stipulation. Don't eat from this one tree." Can you imagine what it would look like if God said, "Here are all the things you can do." Right? It's like the Ten Commandments. It's like, "Hey, thanks for only giving us the ten that we can't do." <laughs> Because if God told you everything you could do, we would have volumes for chapter 3 in Genesis, right? It would just be volumes and volumes and volumes. It's ridiculous. So our amazingly gracious God says, only one thing I want you to not do is to eat from that tree. And of course we know what happens, right? We have this really sneaky snake that goes up to Eve who might not have even been created yet, much less was present when God told Adam don't to eat from that tree. So uh, he, the snake knows that she might have even just been heard that from hearsay from Adam. And of course the snake talks her into eating this forbidden fruit. I love this, uh, this image I found because, um, because Adam's actually eating the fruit And picking another one at the same time. And Eve hasn't even taken a bite yet. But it's so funny. It's like, uh, I I just love that image. And of course, the snake head is a person's head. It's just so funny. But um, you can almost hear the snake turn to Eve and say, just taste it. I worked hard on that, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that love of that head nod like, you did well, my son. Um, Just taste it. Come on, just taste it. You can't believe what he said. Come on, just just taste it. And, of course, um, what happens is she does. And then Adam does, right? And then here comes what one of my professors, Dr. Callis, said in seminary, the, the worst sin. Everyone always thinks the first sin of eating the apple is the worst one. But the second sin, he would say, is the worst one. And the second sin goes like this. The snake made me do it. And then then the other one was, She made me do it, right? Taking ownership of our own mistakes and our own issues can be a really, really bad sin. We're missing the mark. All of that is to show that when they ate that fruit, something changed. Something changed in the entire universe. They have radically made a choice and a decision. And if they don't think that they're at fault, then there might not be a need to ask for forgiveness. Do you hear that? So, there's a beautiful thing that a lot of the theologians talk about, and there is this theme that goes throughout the Bible. And it starts with creation and goes to uncreation and then goes to recreation. So you have this beautiful creation, right? This beautiful garden, blessed garden, blessed life, Adam and Eve, blessed relationship with God and with one another. And then we have the eating of the apple, and now. That uncreation has occurred, and it has broken that perfect right relationship between them and God. And it's even broken it between Adam and Eve, right? That relationship, she made, she made me do it, you know? It's like it's even broken that. Now, if you don't believe me, here's an example. So we have this beautiful creation of all of the, the nations of the world, and they had one language at one point in time. And then we have our story in the Bible of the uncreation of the Tower of Babel or Babel, whatever you want to say, the babbling, blah, 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 blah. Right? They try to build it. they try to be just like God, very similar to taking this fruit uh, of the knowledge of good and evil to be a little bit more like God. So they try to go, try to build all the way up into the heavens and shoot an arrow up in there. And of course, we all know that the Tower of Babel was destroyed and everyone got a different language, didn't they? And then we have this understanding of recreation when we find ourselves at Pentecost. We have flames above their heads. And what are they doing? They're speaking in every single different language by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we have this beautiful creation, uncreation, and recreation. Well, now we're going to go back into our Genesis account. So we have this beautiful creation, right relationship, uncreation, a break in that relationship among, among each other and especially with God. And, uh, and just as a side note here, that second tree, that, that tree of life, If you kept on reading a little bit, you would see that God decides that God has to kick out Adam and Eve from the garden. And he even puts flaming swords in front of it and all kinds of stuff. But the reason that God does that is because God says, they cannot eat from the tree of life. We don't want them eating from the tree of life. And the reason is, is if you said That I am now in a broken relationship. I'm I'm not living into the way I was created to be. And then you let me live forever? (laughs) In that broken relationship? Can you imagine how torturous that would be? God in his graciousness said, we can't let them eat of the tree of life in the state that they're in right now. We've got to kick them out. And so they kicked them out and they started building cities. So that's the uncreation piece. But where's the recreation piece? Well, to, to go there, uh, we actually have another time. This is not the only time. There's always, there's always a glimmer of hope with our God. <laughs> if you are completely at your wit's end, never forget that there's always hope in our God. So, The tree of life actually shows up again in our Bible. It's not only uh, in Genesis. And I want to read to you uh, what that text looks like. It's from Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 through 2. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life. Bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month, the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. It's almost as if God says, I don't want them eating from the tree of life yet until they're ready for it. And then we have this massive colossal event that broke that relationship, and God in his amazing, amazingly beautiful, gracious plan says, we need to fix that relationship. We need to get them back in the right relationship before they can be able to eat of this tree. And he sends Jesus. Jesus is the response of the recreation going on in your and my life. That beautiful recreation that God is making all things new and beautiful again putting back together that relationship between God and between each of us. And then, and only then, are we ready to taste the fruit from that tree of life. Because I don't know about you, I want to live eternity in right relationship with everyone else and with my God. So we have to ask ourselves, do you truly want to taste the tree of life? There might be some stuff in your life that you need to work on. What is it that's keeping you from a right relationship between you and God? What is it that's keeping you from a right relationship between you and every single person in your life? We have estranged family members. We have estranged friends. We have estranged coworkers. Please don't get sucked in to the second sin. Don't think that you're always right. <laughs> maybe, just maybe, you are worthy of forgiveness, but you have to acknowledge, you have to acknowledge that you are in need of it. I invite every single one of us today to put our focus, our life's goal, at the top of the bucket list to get every relationship solid and right. First, with Jesus, that offers you the forgiveness that you need, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. And secondly, that you can offer forgiveness To all those who have wronged you, and that they can have an opportunity to forgive you as well. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let us pray. Gracious God, we know that you are in the business of creating and recreating. that you started off with this beautiful melodious song and then something in uncreation threw a horrible sounding flat in the middle of that song. And yet you, instead of just throwing away the whole song, you bring in new music to surround that one flat note to make it even more beautiful than what it was when it was first created. God show us how to be a part of your symphony. Show us how we can live lives that are forgiven and that do the forgiving as well. Because Jesus, we long to taste from the tree of life. It is in your holy and beautiful nature Creator, covenant God, Father, beautiful Redeemer, Jesus Christ, and sustainer Holy Spirit in which we pray.